Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I'm the founder of Building Lives International, located right here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This ministry is called Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. Today we're going to continue our study through the book of Matthew, and we're going to look at Matthew uh, chapter number 14, uh, starting in verse number uh, 13 today with the feeding of the 5,000. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 14 starting in verse number 13. And when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to, his disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat, and were filled, and they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for another opportunity to gather around your word. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand the things that we hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now this is by far one of the most well-known miracles in all of the Bible. Maybe it's because it's recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Even the birth of our Lord is not recorded in all four Gospels. Now, many see this miracle as more than just historical, but also actually prophetic, in that it could be a shadow of something that will happen to the Jews in the future. And what I've done is I've looked at the synoptics, and the synoptics are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and each of them record this event uh, almost exactly the same with little variations. Some of them add a little more detail, some of them less. But if you look at the synoptics, which is seeing together, that's what the word synoptic means, uh, you, you, come up, you come up with a possibility of a foreshadowing. Um, in other words, something happened in the past that is shadowing something that's going to happen in the future. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. Um, during the tribulation period, the Jews will not be able to buy bread. Now in verse number 15, they had no bread. Okay, Because in the tribulation period, they must take the mark of the beast to get the bread. Matter of fact, to buy anything according to Revelation chapter 13, verse number 17. So you can see here that might be a foreshadowing of a yet future event. Nor will they be able to lodge in the cities, according to Luke chapter 9 and verse number 12. Why? Because the Antichrist will kill them, Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 14. Therefore, they will have to remain out in the wilderness or the desert. So we see that there might be a possible foreshadowing when it comes to um, the mark of the beast, buying or not the mark of the beast, but being able to buy bread without the mark of the beast, having to stay 
out in the wilderness. They can't go back to their cities. And on another note, it might be significant that the Lord did this miracle right before Passover. Now, historically, that is the same time that the Jews, according to Exodus 19.2, originally escaped from Egypt and went where? Out into the desert. <laughs> of course, what did he do with them once he got them out into the desert? He supernaturally fed them. Just like he will super he is supernaturally feeding them here, and he will supernaturally feed them in the future in Revelation chapter number twelve and verse number six, where it says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they may that that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So, you know, some people look at this as more than just a simple miracle of feeding the 5,000. Of course, we can tell from the text there was a lot more than 5,000. That was just counting the men. Uh, there may have been twice that many beside the women and the children, it says. So some people see the feeding of the 5,000 as, as possibly prophetic. Also, look at the next parable, or not the next parable, but the next story about Jesus walking on the water. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away, the ones that he just fed. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, the wind became contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So we see here, after the feeding of the 5,000, much more as I stated earlier, Jesus sent his disciples away to travel by boat to the land of Gennesaret. Now, instead of traveling with them, Jesus decided to stay in the mountain alone to pray. And of course, later we see him <clears throat> coming to them walking on water, while they're fighting this terrible storm, afraid they're about to die. And of course, immediately upon entering the ship, they arrived at the shore. Now, again, now some people will look at this parable as possibly prophetic. Um, and let me give you uh, a few reasons as to why. And again, Matthew 14, we see here some possible foreshadowings, if you will, um, notice that he went up into the mountain in verse number 23. This may typify or foreshadow when, um, when the Lord went up to the Mount of Olives and his ascension. He goes up and his ascension in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 11. Also, it says in verse number 23 that he not only went up to the mountain, but he went up there to pray. This could be a foreshadowing as Jesus sits in heaven today. What is he doing? He is interceding on our behalf. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, wherefore he is able to also save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And then also notice in verse number 23 that it was at evening it was in the evening at night when jesus was here on the earth the time was day and the condition was light 
But when he returns, many believe it will be at night or in the evening. In John chapter 9, verses 4 through 5, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. But the night is coming when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now that could be Jesus speaking metaphorically there. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for you yourselves know that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Again, that could be metaphorically, but it's certainly pointing to, excuse me, the night. And I'll get into that just a little bit later when we talk about the watches. Now notice too in verse number 24 that they are in the midst of the sea. They chose, they remained in the ship. He stayed back on the mountain and went up to pray. So too we have remained behind um, as Jesus went up. To pray or to intercede on our behalf so some people see a foreshadowing there and again it, it might be stretching the text a little bit but i'm i do believe in foreshadowing foreshadowing is found throughout the scriptures for example noah's ark noah's ark to me is a, a foreshadowing of the rapture uh, the ark is a type of salvation Noah and his family is a type of the church uh, the flood is the type of the tribulation the door in the side of the ark is a type of Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes in but through me. Um, also, another type would be the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, when the angels came to one of them being the Lord, Abraham said, should we tell Abraham what we're going to do? We're going to go down there and destroy Sodom because its wickedness has come up before us. And, of course, Abraham's like, you know, what if peradventure you should find 40 righteous people there? Would you still destroy it? No, I wouldn't destroy it. So either way, the righteous were delivered, Lot and his family, before God destroyed it. So, too, the righteous will be delivered before God destroys or restores this earth. The first time by water, the second time by fire. So that, you see, is a foreshadowing or a type as it can also be called. So notice in verse number 24, they were tossed by the waves while waiting in the boat. We too are tossed by the waves while we're waiting. This life is not easy, guys. <laughs> it is not a rose garden. You know, in James 1, 6, but let him ask in faith nothing, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. We are waiting for our Lord's return. And then also we see in verse number 24 that the winds were contrary. Uh, so the winds were contrary. So too the winds are contrary against us as we wait. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But not only spiritually, but even physically, we're tossed to and fro. The winds about us are contrary. I don't know if you live in America like I do, <laughs> but the pagans are turning on the believers. And if you're a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are becoming enemy number one, uh, which is prophesied in the scripture. And then also we see in verse number, verse number 25, a foreshadowing of Jesus' return. They remained in the ship, but then Jesus 
came to them. And notice it says he came on the fourth watch. Now, when you talk about watches in the Bible, it's speaking of the evening, which is six to nine, at midnight, which is nine to 12, when the cock crows, which is 12 to 3 a.m., and then in the morning, which is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So the fourth watch is 3 to 6 a.m. It says he returned to the ship during the fourth watch. In other words, he allowed them to stay in the boat all night long. So the Bible says that Jesus is going to return in the morning, which is the fourth watch. Uh, in Joel chapter 2, verse 1, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and dark, thick, thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. You ever sing that song, Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly a way that's where that song comes from many believe that he's going to come in the fourth watch and then also we see in verse number 25 jesus went unto them they didn't come to him he went to them a perfect picture of the lord returning to this earth to gather his own to deliver his own and then we also see finally in verse number 25 jesus went to them by walking on the sea so when jesus returns he's going to come down through the great body of water the firmament that surrounds the earth and he is going to come with the clouds and every eye will see him so as we look at this we look at the feeding of the five thousand and then of course we we look here at the at the the story where the, our lord walks upon water some people see foreshadowing foreshadowing of future events of prophecy that's going to take in place in the future now i'm not going to doubt that at all i mean you know the jews say when the messiah returns he will not only explain the words to us but he will explain the spaces between the words to us so as we look at these this parable the feeding and we look at our, the our lord walking on water maybe just maybe they have a prophetical sense to them as well god bless you guys remember always that god loves you he wants the best for you and he's working all things out for your good thank you for listening today I also serve churches, remember, in the areas of guest speaking, conferences, revivals, as the Lord supplies opportunity. If I can be a service to you or your ministry, if I can pray for you, I would love to hear from you. God bless you.